0: it's uh it's wonderful because what's going on and what we're what we're experiencing today and what we have been experiencing uh, you know here for uh, you know depending on who you are and depending on who you're talking to uh, you know for quite a while uh, you know i was uh we had our tuesday morning uh, you know bible study and uh, you know in our tuesday morning bible study we went over this passage of scripture so. I'm going to go ahead and get you to turn there. So if you can turn to Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, and we're going to be, our main focus is going to be verses 1 through 11. So this is Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So whenever we see this and, uh, you know, we were talking through, uh, you know, through this in our, uh, you know, little group, one of the gentlemen said that, you know, that he has been feeling the Spirit of God move in the church in a mighty way for the last six months. And he has been waiting and preparing, uh, you know, for this next step that we have. Uh, And, uh, you know, so we look at that and so he's got six months. There's other people that says, well, you know, you know, I'm looking at about two and a half months, maybe three months. Uh, You know, there's different time frames as far as people in feeling the moving of the Holy Spirit. But I want us to... I want us to see something this morning. And I'm going to get out of whack in my notes here because I think right now this is really good for us because whenever we get to this particular uh, you know chapter in Acts chapter 1 uh, or I'm sorry Acts chapter 5 uh, you know we have to understand what's going on is that this is in the beginning of the church. Now there is only one church right now in this particular passage of scripture there's one church and the apostles are the leaders of this one church and they meet in jerusalem so this is where they're all at and they're right there around here Uh, you know so we see this now in the beginning of things it's important that we set the foundation right Whenever you build a house, the first thing that you have to build is the foundation. And if the foundation is weak, then the whole house is weak. So we find here that God is building the church. He is building His plan to spread the gospel. There cannot be a weak foundation. There's another moment where God's power shows up in a key moment in scripture and we find this man that's in this passage of scripture and his name is Achan and we have to go all the way back if I'm not mistaken it's back into Judges I think you know that's gonna be in Joshua chapter 7 and you find this that the Israelites are now going into the promised land so they've been wandering around for 40 years and then God says, okay, that generation's gone. Now you're going to be able to go in and to take this land. This is the very first battle of them going into the promised land and taking it. Now we might, need to be, we might be confused because they fought a battle before they crossed over the Jordan River. Okay, so they fought this battle, and what do we have is Achan goes in, and God told him, he says, do not take any of the plunder. Leave all of the wealth and stuff. Leave it there. I don't want you to touch it. Achan takes some, buries it in his tent. What does God do? Well, you might not like it. They go out into another battle, and 3,000 men get killed. Oh, wait a minute. God, I thought you wanted us to take this land. I do want you to take this land, but you're only going to be able to take this land if you do it the way that I tell you to do it. You have sin in your camp. They find the sin in the camp. What happens then? Achan's killed. God kills him. Not only does he kill him, but he kills his wife. He kills his mother, his father, his children. His whole family is gone. Why are they gone? Because he disobeyed God. Wow, that's really harsh. I thought God is a God of love and a God of mercy. He just killed 3,000 people plus a family over a little bit of gold and silver that's been buried underneath a tent. It's the foundation Of the Israelites. This is the beginning. Of their moving in. And doing what God has called them to do. So here we are. We're at the beginning of the church. And somebody comes up. And Ananias and Sapphira. They're like oh wait a minute man. We can really get. you know People in the church would really love us. If we sold our land. And we gave them the money. For what we sold the land. After all, everybody else was doing it. Go back and look in verse 4 and start off there with verse 32. I'm going to read that for you. Are y'all already there at, verse, at chapter 5? So y'all were there at chapter 5. So let's look at this here. So we got here. And it says, all the believers were united in, in heart and in mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that they had. Don't go any further. Don't go any further. I'm gonna still I'm gonna I'm leaving my notes alone. This is what we got here, okay? So this is the beginning of the church. And whenever it says that there's the beginning of the church, what does it say? It says that they were in one heart. They were united in one heart and one mind. So every one of them, every Every person in there had one thought and her heart was bent towards one thing so what was it bent towards go to the next one there what was it bent towards it was bent towards the resurrection of their lord and savior jesus christ that is everything everything that they did was based upon that they were worshiping jesus christ as the risen messiah and that was it that dictated everything that they did in their life. And whenever it dictated everything that they did in their life, all of the mail, all the land, the money, the food, the clothing that they had wasn't their own. They shared it with everybody. People in this church has already done that. We had testimony. Met a need of someone. Of a child of God. Out of the love of their heart. Because they understand that it's God's to begin with. And if it's his to begin with. And he tells me I need to give it to somebody else. We better give it to somebody else. Why do we give it to somebody else? Let's go to the next one. Well, no, wait a minute. Say right there. It tells us right there. It tells us right there. Because whenever they were doing this. It says there at the end. God greatly blessed or His blessings were upon all of them. So if we do what God is asking us to do, then we find out that in the obedience of doing what God wants us to do, He will bless us. But not only will He bless us, but He will bless everyone. So whenever we get this and we see this, We get this understanding, or we should get this understanding, that as the church and as Jesus Christ's body, that we're supposed to go out to the lost. We're supposed to love everyone. We found out last week that our job and our duty within the church is to help our fellow Christians to make this walk. We're supposed to hold their hands, or we're supposed to go hand in hand as we make our way to heaven. We get there because we have fellow Christians and other believers that are helping us from when we stumble. They hold our hands and they pick us up. They take their shields of faith and they stack them around us whenever our faith is weak. Golly. I I figured if I took my coat off that y'all would kind of get this understanding. Uh, You know... I really don't want to do, I do not like, you know, cheerleaders. No, wait a minute, I do like cheerleaders. I just don't like being a cheerleader. You should worship and shout and thank God because he's moved in your heart. And something that was said means that, oh yes, praise the Lord for what he just did. I shouldn't have to say praise the Lord or come on somebody, give me a witness. You should be able to do it on your own. Now I'm going to move in and I'm going to begin preaching again. So what we have here is that now we're looking at this and we are in the opening and the beginning of the church and we have the people there in, in one heart and they're in one mind and because they have one heart and one mind and they're worshiping Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior only he says that God blesses them and he blesses every one of them. And then you get in and you look, you go further down, and you have this gentleman named Joseph. Now, we don't really know him as Joseph. We know him more as, Barnab- as Barnabas. Barnabas shows up two other times in the New Testament. One of the key point in times that he shows up, other than this one right here, is whenever it's dealing with Paul. Because Barnabas is the one that gave the check or the seal of approval on Paul. So do you not see where we are? The beginning of the church, a man has land. He sells the land. He gives all the money to the church. He now has influence in the church. Ananias and Sapphira, they see it. They're like, whoo man, I want some influence in this church. Let's sell this land. Let's tell them that we're going to give them all the money, but we're not really going to give them all the money. We're just going to tell them that we're going to give them all the money. Deceit. Lies. We're in the foundation of the church. God says my church will not and cannot be formed on lies. There cannot and there will not be deceit in the house of the Lord. So we know the story. If you don't, hopefully you've already read ahead of me because he read ahead of me. Ananias goes to Peter, gives him the money. Peter says, Ananias, is this all the money that you got for the house or for the land? Oh, yeah, that's everything that we got. Ananias, are you sure? I want to give you every opportunity that I can. Is this everything that you sold? Is this the amount you sold the land for? Oh yeah, giving it all. Mm. He says some words in here that we have to look at. He says you have sinned against the Holy Spirit. Because of your sin... Of lying and deceit. To the Holy Spirit. You'll die. And it says that he breathed his last. And he hit the floor. Wow. Just a little lie. It was his land. Scripture tells us he could have kept the land. He didn't have to sell it. It was his money whenever he sold the land. He didn't have to give it all. But it's whenever he deceived and he lied and he said, yeah, this is all of it. And he kept back a portion. See. God gives us every opportunity to do what is right. Every opportunity to do what's right. We look in Job chapter 1, and it says that God's up in the heavens, and He is moving things around so that we will choose His path. That's like God laying out your clothes on the bed and he says here you go pick whatever outfit you want to pick but the outfit that he wants to pick is way over here on the left but he wants you to pick that one so he's going to make it to where if you're choosing right that you're going to choose what he has for you do you not see that in your life? You know, I don't know any other way to kind of help you all with this than to to help me with this. Because whether or not you understand or, or not, and I don't think I truly understand. But whenever I got that phone call and they told me that my dad had cancer, my life was turned upside down. Now, yes, I you know, I, I believe in God, and yes, I know that God has him in his hands, and yes, I praise God and I thank God because through this my family is gonna learn something. There is something that God has for them to learn, but God has things placed out in front of us for us to be able to choose. And I'm either going to choose to do what He wants me to do or I'm going to choose to do what I want to do. I will either worry about my Father or I will take my Father to prayer every single day and leave Him in His hands. That is the choice that He gives us. All this week, man, I've been going to our clubhouse and asking them if they've had a wonderful day. Uh, you know, just talking to them. And, uh, you know, I love those people. You know, they, they do a great job for us. But I like going in there and picking at them now. Uh, you, know, last, you know, Friday I told them about my father. And as I'm walking out, I heard the manager. Uh, you know, I heard, or, or I heard some, one of, the, you know, some of, the, one of the, the three ladies back there in the back go, Wow, he's that upbeat. And his dad has been diagnosed with cancer. I hope that she understands it's because of God and not because of me. Does that mean that I didn't have any difficulties this week? Oh, yeah. I've even made some wrong choices this week. God placed the things in front of me. And he said, "John, I want you to choose this one." But for some reason, I chose this one. We talked about it last Sunday. That's this flesh that we're battling with. The flesh said, "No, it's easier over here. John, just, you know, pick these. It's easier. Don't pick these." The world tells us that we need to pick the clothes that's the prettiest, and that makes us look the best. God says, you need to pick the clothes that's going to protect you the most. Right? <sighs> Sapphira comes along. Well, we have, we have the, the men take Ananias, wrap him up in a sheet, and they take him out to bury him. Scripture says that three hours later, I or Sapphira is in there. And she's asked the same questions. Is this the amount that you sold the land for? Oh, yeah, we're giving the church all that. Yeah, we're giving them all the land. i giving them all the money. Kind of paraphrase this for you. you, know, Paul, you know, Peter, are you sure? Just a little bit of information for you. The Hebrew meaning for Ananias, or for, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll give you Ananias first. The Hebrew meaning for the name Ananias is son of graciousness. The Hebrew name for Sapphira is beauty. Therefore, you have the title today, Grace and Beauty. I imagine that Sapphira really matched her name and she was a beautiful woman please don't be telling me a story please please don't be lying to me tell me the truth oh yeah this was it the man that took your husband away and buried him has just entered in the doorway And they will take you and bury you right where your husband is. And she falls down dead. Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene has been in existence for, I think we're close to 85 years now. Close to 85 years, I believe we're at a key moment in the life of this church. We will either choose to do what God chooses or what God wants for us to do as a church, or we won't. We will either walk in His faith, or we won't. But before we can do that, we as individuals have to understand that this story is not just about the church, but it's about my life. God gives me every opportunity to choose His way every single day. And every single day that I choose to follow Him, the Scripture tells us what? What? that he will bless us. We also see, back in the first battle of the Israelites, that whenever there was sin in the camp, God can not and will not bless the Israelites. 3,000 and some odd people had to die for them to figure that out. Ananias and Sapphira had to die for the church to figure out that lying and deceit wasn't going to be a part of the foundation of the church. There are people here today that are lying about who they are. That makes me quiver. Because whenever we look into this passage of Scripture, this is for the church. It said that all of them were with one heart and one mind. Ananias and Sapphira was part of that all. Ananias and Sapphira was part of that church. They had God in their hearts. They believed in Him. They were doing His work. But then the Scripture says that Satan entered into Ananias and he sinned against God and against the Holy Spirit. There's one other time that Satan interfered. When was that? That was whenever Judas... It says that Satan entered into Judas because because Satan knew that this had to happen. Satan entered into Ananias because to destroy the church, he knew that this had to happen. Sin had to get in the camp some way so he can destroy the plan of God. We cannot allow sin into the camp. If we do, then the blessings will go away. And we will never reap the benefits of God in this church. We will never, ever see this church become what God truly has for it to be. Woo! Amen. It is all by obedience. It is all by obedience. There are people today. That we look at it and we say, okay, Ananias and Sapphira and the whole church knew that what they had, the property that they had, wasn't theirs. That, that, you know, we haven't even really gotten into Barnabas, have we? Do you realize that Barnabas was a Levite? Do you remember back whenever they were into the, going into the promised land and God was dividing up the promised land? Levites don't own land. So why did he have land? Where did he get the land from? Levites aren't supposed to own land. But he had it. God blessed him with it. Somebody gave it to him somewhere along the line. He got the land. But he knew that it still wasn't his. So he gave it to God. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm just going to be really bold. If you're not tithing, you're robbing God. (laughs) Scripture says, this is all, pick up your (laughs) feet, Because Scripture says that sin can't get into heaven. So if not tithing is a sin... It's robbing. It, it's robbing God, and we know that robbing is a sin. So if you're robbing God, then you're not going to get into heaven. Who pick up your feet? Tithing. We have. We're supposed to give the money into the house. Now I'm not going to talk about the ten percent. You know, the thing is, is tithe. Yes, the scripture says give 10%, but I tell you what, if you give, me, if you give the, do, you know, the church $2 every week and that's all you can give them, give it. Eventually God will bless you enough and you're going to be able to give 10%, maybe even 20%. Begin to tithe. Begin to put your money into the storehouse because that's where it goes. That's where it's supposed to be in heaven where moth and rust can't destroy it. Because we put it in things that last forever. Can also tell you this? Okay, if you're unhappy with the way that you think the church is spending the money, don't worry about it. It's not your money. Give it to the church. Let God deal with the people that's dealing with the money. You be obedient because if you're not obedient, you will not be blessed. You cannot be blessed. Okay, now I'm going to get off of that one there for a little bit. See, we are supposed to be in one accord, one heart, united. We're supposed to be united in dealing with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I can tell you as your pastor... I believe that the only way that we can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and believing that He is the Son of God. And I believe that there is a second work of grace that we turn over all of our lives to God and we relinquish our control of this life and He begins to control and to direct every path that we take, every step that we step, He has some type of an influence on it. I also believe that if we boil ministry down to the very basic, it's all about making connections. We connect with people. Well, first we connect to God. And then we connect with other people. And we help them to connect to God. And then we walk with them through this journey. That is Rock Hill First Church. That is our mission as it, at its basics is that we love one another in the connections that we make, in the relationships that we build, so that each one of us make it to heaven. Amen. There shouldn't be any problems with it, right? I'm afraid of this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. The, you know, the Spirit's telling me to say it. So, that if you do not believe that that is the right path to stand upon, then you are welcome to remove your name from membership of this church. Because we will stand by the Word of God. And we will profess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we will make connections to bring lost people into Jesus Christ's family. That is what we're here for. And if that's not what you're here for, I'm sorry. But the thing about it is, is that we have to do it together. You know, we have to do it together. You know, I started and I, and I talked about, I believe that there are people here that's like Ananias and Sapphira and they're deceiving. You know, you're, you're, you're not deceiving us, you're deceiving God. Because if you're acting like a Christian here today and you're truly not and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and He hasn't forgiven you for your sins, uh, you know, then you need to. And if you're sitting there acting like you are, then you are deceiving God and you are lying to the Holy Spirit and you're not going to make it to heaven. And if nothing else, you're hurting this church. if you say that you're tithing but you're really not <laughs> I just heard those words from Reverend Fight come on now somebody uh, he's a great man uh, you know come on now somebody you know, we we got to be talking and giving God the glory uh, you know I forgot where it was. I chuckled there for a minute. I forgot where it was. You know, deceit. Some of us sit here in this church and we profess to be Christians, and we're not. <laughs> we need to get that straight. some of us profess to have a really good marriage and we don't. We can't get help if we continue to lie about it. Because the thing about it is is that we can lie to ourselves enough that we believe it's the truth. I'm going to quit meddling I haven't gotten to my notes, but I've gotten to the words that God wanted me to say this morning. Amen. And Robbie, a few in the praise and worship team can come up. Because I, I know that I know that I am not Peter, but as your leader. I'm standing here and I'm asking search your heart if there's deceit within your heart please come to the altar and get it taken care of if you are living a lie this morning and there's a struggle that's in your life bring it to the altar this morning because the only way that we can get over it as if we profess it. It's just like an alcoholic. An alcoholic cannot be a recovering alcoholic until they confess that they're an alcoholic. A drug addict cannot be in a recovering drug addict until they confess that they're a drug addict. Let's stand and every head bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God has been here this morning and the message that was given this morning there's people here that needed to hear the word I plead that you would be obedient I plead that you will quit lying to the Holy Spirit and that you would profess your your sins to God and asked for forgiveness if you've never received Christ as your Savior please, please stop sitting in the pew and lying about it come and ask for forgiveness of your sins if there's deceit in your life of any kind today's the day that it needs to stop That we need to ask the Holy Spirit for forgiveness. Because we have lied to the Holy Spirit. There's those that have already made their way to the altar. Or there are others. Let's be obedient this morning.
1: my song to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand out for
0: I don't want to keep us too much longer, but still with every head bowed and every eye closed. If there's someone that is struggling, but they don't, they can't make their way forward, and you want prayer. If you would pray, if you would lay raise your hand, I'll pray for you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see it. Or there are others. I see that hand. see that hand. Scripture tells us that if we do not profess God in front of our neighbors, then He will not profess us in front of His Father in heaven. There are those struggles and those sins that's in our lives that People need to see that we have asked for forgiveness of those sins. We don't necessarily have to tell them what they are. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for tonight, for today. God, I thank you for the hands that was raised. God, I pray that you would be with each one of them. God, I know their names. And God, I will lift them up throughout this week. God, I pray that your hand would be mightily upon them and their lives. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with the ones that are here at this altar. God, I thank you for their obedience and to come to you. God, I pray, dear Lord, today, as Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene, God, that we take this next step with you, trusting in you, that we take it with one heart and one accord, believing in your blessings, looking forward to the new lives and the new things that you have for us to do, for you, as we glorify you,
1: in Jesus'
0: name, amen.